ghostly lexical thumbprint of the moon. And with that, he'd be off in another world. By the time he got home, the sun had set, and it was dark. She was at the club. Chicken and rice on the counter, Mary's note said. He turned on the TV and listened from the kitchen as his dinner rotated, humming in the lighted window of the microwave. He sat in the recliner, plate in his lap, bathed in the vapor from his chicken and rice and the blue-white glow of Wednesday night reruns, a medical comedy with a hard-working, no-nonsense doctor, a wise-cracking nurse, and a quirky patient with a strange diagnosis. After his solitary meal, Bone went to bed. Mary. Had another man touched that smooth white skin? Her naked back, where it tapered to her waist? A masculine hand, black hairs bristling around a heavy old-fashioned wristwatch resting itself along the curve, two fingers lightly curled along the cleft. Bone noted, observed, and tagged the minutes passing on the glowing alarm clock as he lay, alternating between sweats and shivers. At last, the front door opened. Boards creaked down the hall and into the bathroom. Flush. The shower ran. A toothbrush scrubbed. A drawer opened and closed. Mary, soap smell and scrubbed skin, eased into the covers beside him. Bone pretended to have just awoken. So how was tonight? No response. How was Jelly Jam? It was great. She readjusted herself on her pillow. So who else was there? Hmm... Like a drowser, surfacing reluctantly from a dream. Who else was there? At Jelly Bean. <laughs> he hoped the whimsical substitution of bean for jam would evoke a smile. So who was there? Oh, you know. Laurel, Cindy Davis, Ruth, the usual. That's nice. He lay rigidly in bed. Did you run into anyone else? What? She turned toward him. Why are you asking all this? You're cross-examining me. Something hot settled in the back of Bone's throat. No, I'm not, he said, forcing a smile to the darkness. I'm just talking is all. Bringing up the next question was like pushing a stalled car over the crest of a hill was Cash there? Oh, Christ, Bone. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Why had he asked that? Bone's throat was dry and scorching hot. He was trembling. He ought to roll toward her, tuck his head into her neck and lay his thigh over hers, his hand on her ribs. Smell her hair, whisper, work has become a run-on sentence for me, with neither period nor semicolon. I am past tense, restless and incomplete in this world, a dependent clause, and you are the comma at which I rest. Conjugate with me and teach me the sweet syntax of your body. Was he there? If he wasn't there, just tell me. No, he wasn't there. 
She sighed. In the crooked trapezoid of yellow moonlight falling over their bodies, he could feel as well as hear her lungs expand and expel. When my love swears that she is made of truth, I do believe her, though I know she lies. How wise Shakespeare was. He knew it all. Bone pretended to sleep and pretended not to know she was pretending also. The next morning was Friday, and in theory, Bone had all day to work on his manuscript, Words. We who take grammar so lightly may well give a thought to men like Bone, working in dark library basements, safeguarding the subjunctive mood, while the rest of us are out living our lives. After vacillating whether to mention his nemesis, E. Knowlton, in the introduction, Bone settled on a haughty and dismissive.